Welcome back, everyone, to the Reflex Blue Show. I'm your host, Donovan Beery, recording here from Omaha, from the 1119 Corporate Headquarters. i got my co-host here, Paul Meyer. Paul, how you doing? Hey, good. And we have brought in Andrea True. Andrea, welcome hey. to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and, you, and you've got a new studio here in town, True Creative, T-R-E-W, creative.com? Yep, True Creative, so I love puns, so that's part of the name. My last name is True, True Creative. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what and, and and before that now now you, this isn't like the first time you've uh, you've been designing per se, you 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 said you've been at Flywheel and we've had them on the show, that's been years ago, mm-hmm. the the website host and you were you were like the creative director over at Flywheel. So yeah, I am I have an open studio now, but this isn't the first time I've done freelancing, but this is more of like the first time that I've committed to it and actually LLC'd and all of that. But before that, yeah, I was working at Flywheel, the web host, for about three years as their sole designer on most projects. So I helped rebrand them from the ground up and did a lot of their creative work. So pretty good. And, and it's weird because, you know, we think they're online, so it's like a lot of times, you know, I just immediately think, well, they're just online. What do you have to design for them? Even though most of what we do is websites. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that, no, that stuff just should be, be created. But, but did you ever do some, like, any non online stuff for them or was it all just because because I saw promotions where they would do like a 28 days of giving or yeah so we would do a lot of things offline actually for a web host it was pretty interesting so we actually employed a photographer that came on staff and she and I would work together and create all these really crazy cool campaign pieces made out of photography and a lot of really cool graphics and sprinkle that throughout social media and email headers and all the websites that we would design around that so we would just kind of try to do things that are very humanized and include people in those imageries and various strange outfits that I would dress them in in really cool colors. So what, what was the strangest outfit you got? That would probably be the most recent one where I we did a campaign around the conference that was it's Circles Conference down in Dallas, Texas, and they had a theme that was kind of like a futuristic kind of Daft Punk theme. And so I helped source a lot of different costumes, all in like a silvery, metallic kind of sheen, like fabrics, and had about four of my coworkers dress up in these outfits that I had tried on the night before to make sure that they look cool, so I have evidence that they look good. But yeah, a lot of really cool futuristic kind of gear that they were wearing, and all in like a kind of, like a purple background to uh, make it look kind of futuristic. So. Yeah. Did they did they agree that it was cool, or were they did they did you get a lot of flack for this? Like if, if people bring me things and like, hey, why don't you try this on? I'm like, uh, what's this for? Uh, there was a couple. There were a couple where, because we actually set up the uh, backdrop kind of in a more open environment in the middle of the office. So, which is kind of typical at Flywheel. You know, you all know each other. We all take photos like they would take photos in front of one another like that. So it was kind of like this hesitation of like, oh, I look like I'm a disco ball now. Like I'm wearing like this crazy, like shimmery hoodie and like just things that are very holographic and iridescent but um, I think in the end they all thought that it looked really cool in the moment maybe felt a little nervous but <laughs> it's kind of cool. So we, we all sacrifice for design right? Yeah. So Flywheel did a lot of you said you were there for three years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they did a lot of a lot of growing in that time too like did you get to experience like a lot of that or like push some of that with the design projects you're working on or? Yeah, so I was actually their 30th hire about three and a half years ago. So from there, they've hired nearly 200 people total. So in the process of that, being kind of like the owner of the brand and trying to develop that from the ground up for them, 
there's a lot of learning curves to kind of adapt to scaling that quickly, especially for a startup in the tech industry like that. So pretty fun and aggressive, but it's, yeah, it's big. I did the other way. I worked for a company that was about 200 people, and when I left, there were like four of us. That's not as much fun. <laughs> We're downsizing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a different type of scaling. You don't really want to be involved in. Yeah, no, this one was this one was definitely growing. So it was kind of fun to every time I would give brand training to be like, I'm going to use one of you in one of my photo shoots. So be prepared because we use new employees as models usually. So it's the initiation. Yeah. Here's yeah. a here's a disco ball. What size are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, since then. I guess I guess I guess both of our experiences where they were the opposite, they both ended the same branch down on your own. Yeah. So yeah. So so what is what is what is the true creative pun or what is what is the main thing that you're focusing on here? So mostly I do brand design and so that's kinda of two parter. It's where I go in and I help rebrand companies. I'm just finishing up one right now that's really exciting. So and usually the process lasts about two to three months. And then after I'm done with that, I kind of continue to do work and try to do things like, do you have an extension of a website that you need done? Do you need some social media materials, marketing strategy, things like that? And one of the more exciting pieces that I didn't really expect is to be able to work with other creatives as well. So I'm able to employ other copywriters. You know, I'm not like a expert in copy, but I can get it there to the point where I can get a copywriter to get their hands on it, and then web development too. So it's just kind of nice to start working with other designers and other developers and copywriters instead of just feeling like I would have been siloed in my own studio. <laughs> so. I, I understand. You have to have, even if you don't work with people, you have to be, somehow I think you have to branch out and stay connected with other creatives or... or yeah. It's hard. You go insane. <laughs> I you have do. my pug. I just have a pug. And so she and I are best coworkers ever. <laughs> so <laughs> but she's not very good at her job. It's fine. <laughs> what is what is what is her job? To just to just like sit there and be cute. Okay. Yeah. Cause cause our pug Homer, I mean, he's the mascot, so he's on our door here at yeah. the office. But but he doesn't he doesn't even come into the office at all. He's so lazy. Yeah. He's old, he doesn't. He yeah, probably he would. Too. Yeah. yeah, he probably would come in, but he he's over it. Yeah, he's over it. He would, well, like, actually, me actually, he would just sit by the door, like we're gonna go outside now. So he's not a he's not an office dog. Yeah, get it. Okay, we're gonna be right back with uh, with Andrea True. So Andrea, you're you're blowing up all over my social media because you're, you've been going on like a speaking tour. Yeah. You've got a couple talks. You've got one on, on some sort of stop motion. And I saw somebody even, you just gave that at Meet the Pros, which was here last month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I saw someone even did some stop motion and, and tweeted it out that, hey, we're, I'm starting to do this. Yeah. So uh, I actually really love stop motion and I use it for some of my personal branded elements and I've done it for a lot of campaign pieces for when I worked in agency and also at Flywheel. So what I've done is I partnered up with Kimberly Bailey. She runs Kimberly W Photography here in Omaha. And she and I are going to be giving a workshop at the end of the month at Alt Summit in Palm Springs. So we have about 100 people that have registered for it. So we're really excited (laughs) to go there and teach them how to do stop motion photography using your iPhone or Android or whatever you have. I don't know why you'd want to go to Palm Springs after it's the snow's still on the ground here in Omaha, and the snow is never leaving the ground. Never. Um, this is we've gotten more snow than uh, than we have in in like a hundred years up here in, in February or something ridiculous. Yeah, gotta fill that aquifer, you know. 
So. Yeah, but but so I don't know why you would want to leave this and head off to Palm Springs. But <laughs> what what was it that originally got you into stop motion? And and because these are when you say stop motion, these aren't like full Wallace and Gromit movies. They're like mm-hmm. almost um, the ones I've seen are like web banner ads or or emails or. Yeah, so the stop motions that I like to do are usually something where it's maybe like 15 seconds worth of video, and I just like the whimsy of it. I originally started doing stop motion photography for a client that I worked with at Bailey Lowerman called Cuties, and so it was just kind of an experimental kind of phase for me where I wanted to try something that matched their brand. It's very vibrant, very colorful, and fun, and um, so I set up kind of like this little studio in a literal closet and just went to town and tried to make something really cute and fun and the client really liked it and they wanted more so I just started making that kind of my thing and I really enjoyed it and kept doing it for every other client that I started working with pretty much and trying to see if they liked it too so do you tell them that hey we're going to do stop motion or do you just kind of do it show it to them like how does how does that conversation go about when and, and when do you when do you think it's most effective it's most effective when you're doing something that's more of like a campaign that can allow for some whimsy like that. So if it's going to a conference like for Flywheel when we would announce that, hey, Flywheel is going to this really crazy event, here's a stop motion to reflect that or we're running this crazy campaign that you just want to kind of evoke a little bit more of that whimsy and delight. So with clients, I typically just have them look at my portfolio. I have an entire section on my portfolio at truecreative.com that showcases a lot of stop motions that I've done for clients or myself. And so it's just kind of like a nice starter of the conversation. So if they're interested. So besides the stop motion, you had a few other talks that you were giving as well on another tour? Yeah, <laughs> all the tours. <laughs> all the tours. You guys, I seriously committed to so many talks. But um, so this year, I'm doing about eight talks that I've already been scheduled for. A lot of them are for the American Advertising Federation. Other ones are for Digital Summit, so it's more of a marketing conference. So the ones that I'm doing for AAF are more about my behind-the-scenes talk that I've been giving for a little under a year now, and that just kind of showcases what it's like to work at an agency and also working in-house at a company like Flywheel and then on your own as a freelancer. So the more that I've been freelancing, the more I can build that section of it out, so that's pretty cool. And the other one is more about building a better brand, and so that kind of leans more into brand development, and it's more for marketers, so that's really good for Digital Summit. Uh, Yeah, just kind of two different kinds that I give. I think... I think it was last year that I saw you at an AIGA event give one of your one of your talks. How much does your or like how much do the talks change as you do them or do they change often? Yeah. How much is that process? So it's kind of a learning curve for me at the very beginning. I started giving talks like this about a year and a half ago. And since then, I've evolved the style to try to adapt based on what the audience will be for sure. So that's why I have two separate ones depending on what the conferences are. Marketers are into hearing about behind the scenes, but not so much as normally, like students really are into that. So I try to adapt that. And then if I have any new information, like as I've been building out the freelance side of that behind the scenes talk, I've been giving a, a little bit more breadth and insight onto what I've learned, you know, as I've been growing my own business so that other people can kind of have a takeaway if they want to start their own business too. Oh, cool. The the goal is Paul to give to give the same talk as many times as you can, because yeah. it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. And when you say you sign up for a lot of talks, which is like eight, I'm like that. That's what Draplin does on Tuesday alone. Yes. Like, <laughs> that guy. Yeah, I've seen his talk. It's very good. And I've seen him twi- twice. Yeah, and it was the same talk. But I've seen that he's adapted it a little bit too here and there. So. I kind yeah, of they took note. 
it's, it's like if you watch a stand-up comedian, the good ones will give the same, they'll give the same show, and then if you see them about a year later, it's kind of rotated through to a new one. Yeah. But they, you can't, you can't change the whole show in one, one week. No, and that's part of the, the beauty of it, is once you get something down, like as far as a presentation, if anybody's interested in doing any kind of speaking tour, it's nice to kind of get one solid presentation down and kind of make little tweaks here and there, depending on what the audience is, so... Feel more polished every time. Yeah, and more personalized too. So it's not just like the same old, same old. Like every time, that's boring. <laughs> so, and part of it is, 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 is you can tell if someone enjoys giving a talk, and if they're bored with it, why why would why would you want to listen to it? Exactly. Yeah. So keeping it fun. Yeah. Yep. So so when you when you're when you're giving these talks and stuff, what 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 about the poor pug? By the way, what's the pug's name? I, I think Leela. I've met one of I've met one of what? Her name is Leela. Yeah. Leela. I think I've is she older? Yeah, she's about nine years old. I think I've met Leela. It's been a few years. I yeah. think we met at something or another. Yeah, she may remember you. <laughs> so. Pugs pugs act like they always remember you. I don't know if they remember I don't know if my pug knows me, but he acts like he does. You know, yeah. they, they, they they've never met a stranger. They're a great dog. Yep. What is is, is Leela okay with this travel schedule? I think she actually has a better time when I'm gone than when I'm here because what I'll have happen is I have a couple of friends that I have on call and they'll come over and they'll kind of like house sit and dog sit at the same time depending on how long I'm gone or they'll just take Leela and you know check on her from time to time but they always say that if they check on her and I've left her alone at home she's had like a little pug pillow party she gets really into the pillows and likes to throw them on the ground and make like a fort and mm. make a mess with the pillows that's about it otherwise she's really good so that all sounds right yeah (laughs) but but no she's she's pretty good and I I wanted to get more uh pugs I like you know pug partners in Nebraska that's one of the things that you and I used to be involved in yeah I don't know I just I feel like maybe just one is enough for now so we had a second one for a while and and he finds you know he's he's not with us he's not I don't know he's he's moved on I guess I don't know what the proper way to say these things are but um but we're good with just with just the one at the time being. He's a, he's kind of selfish in that way. He's he, he visits the neighbors' dogs. They visit him, but he, you know, yeah, he gets very jealous because we did do some fostering with the with the rescue, and and um, he just gets mad if they're if the other dogs are there for like the first day's okay, and then he just starts to sulk and yeah, thinks that they're like taking over. <laughs> Leela doesn't care. She's like okay. Because usually when I'm home, um, as of lately, I and also when I was at Flywheel, I would pretty much be working kind of constantly. And so if I'm gone, she gets to kind of have more of like that playtime with somebody else that has a more free time. <laughs> so uh, other than that, like my husband, Kevin, if he's home right now, he's deployed. He'll be the one to play with her more often. Even though he's allergic to her, he'll, you know, take her out on walks and things like that. So that's kind of nice. And then he'll come back from his deployment and she'll be like, who are you? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why aren't you like this towards me? And she's yeah. like, you're old news. It's yeah. fine. But yeah. Does she ever get to come on trips with you when you go visit him on deployment? or? Uh, well, usually when he's deployed. So um, Kevin's in the Air Force, so he gets to go to all those really cool places in the world. Um, it's really hard to travel with her when you're flying. So what I'll, de- I'll just I'll leave her here. But yeah, usually he's like deployed... I swear, he's just on islands all the time. So he's in Japan right now. And last time he was in Greece at, on the island of Crete. So I got to be able to like visit him both times. So that's kind of fun to be able to 
you know, have the perk of a pilot as a husband. Those aren't bad locations either. No. Because I know some people who get to travel a lot, but they're, they do not, they don't say, oh, we're going, we have to go to the island again. It's always yeah. something like. It's like an eye roll. Oh. <laughs> it's always like a bad location where you're like, what? And they're like, well, that's where the company is. And you're like, oh. Yeah. I think we've gotten lucky. So it's been pretty nice to be able to, you know, using my freelance right now too, like being able to work remotely as much as possible. Uh, I did that while I was in Japan too. That was about three weeks ago where I worked remotely for about a few, like two and a half weeks. So, I mean, the internet is a little janky some places, but <laughs> you kind of do with what you got. Do you find the traveling keeps you kind of like inspired and kind of fuels that kind of creativity or do you think it is more distracting in your freelance work or is there like a thin line in there? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a thin line because depending on where I'm at and depending on, you know, the day, if I know that I have like a client deadline, then it's kind of distracting to have that in the back of your head and you're trying to enjoy the sights and eat all the sushi if you're in Japan and you're like, oh, I just really got to get back to the hotel and start doing some of that work. But what I like to do is prep my clients beforehand and let them know that I'm going to be gone. So there might be a little bit of a delay in some of the communications. So it helps set that up so that I can take a little bit of a mental break, which I think is important for anybody, you know, whether or not they're freelancing or just kind of like in a day job here and there. So. Yeah, you have to, I mean, I'm assuming the travel also gives you a lot of inspiration for, for different item, items, like mm-hmm. different even thought processes. What can we bring into even a stop motion? You probably see things that you wouldn't if you just hung around um, the, the 18 years of winter that we're having now. <laughs> Going into the 19th year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think there's a lot to be gained by travel. So I actually hadn't visited outside of the United States until about three years ago. And since then, I've been kind of addicted. So I've, I've gone about been my fourth time going to Japan, like not just Japan, but leaving the country is my fourth time. And um, just kind of like seeing a different perspective of culture and seeing how people interact with different products and services and brands and how they themselves advertise. So for instance, Japan is very gamified. I didn't realize that that would be the case. So a lot of things there are very um, cartoon-like and vibrant and fun and they have a lot of casinos and things like that so that are very pachinko is a casino there so it's just kind of interesting to see like okay we're all kind of siloed in the u.s but what is what else is out there you know so it influences design definitely pachinko that's the game with all the little metal balls that yeah kind of hit and they yeah they're... yeah but it's actually like there it's more of like slot machines and mm, things okay. like that so they're everywhere cool <laughs> Japan seems like it would be a very good source of inspiration that's completely different. So. Yep. Yeah, it was definitely a good refresher. So I love bright colors and everything. So if you guys check out my portfolio, you'll see that. So. Well, I noticed like on the stop motion and even on the work at Flywheel, it was like a lot of bright color backgrounds on them. Yep. Yeah. And, and is that, do you have to just go buy a bunch of, do you just go to the fabric store all the time and be like, what bright colors you got? Or, or do oh. you do that? Or is that just mocked up later? Is it everything white screen? It's all pretty much like a one-for-one, so what you see is what the actual set looked like in a way. So I like to use paper backdrops, those are usually pretty cheap to just go get, you know, if you need like a simple, like smaller sheet, or if you need more like a five-foot roll. I have actually, I have a studio set up in my basement, which I think a lot of freelancers say. (laughs) So now I'm a stereotype, but I have a, a photography set up down there. So if I ever need to do anything that's like a quick and dirty stop motion or something like that, I could get that out the door. No. Bright colors. I love them. But I don't do that with all my clients. So 
No, it makes. No, I mean, the, the ones that I'm thinking of that I've seen are either like Flywheel or like Cuties, where you were kind of almost dealing with a younger audience or mm-hmm. or an audience that 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 thinks younger, I guess. Yep. Yeah, it's just like I love having kind of minimalistic approaches to doing photography and stop motion. So like being able to have like a solid color background allows it to be used in multiple ways too. So it just helps with the usability of it as well as just making it look a little bit more delightful and breaks up that, you know, if you're scrolling through Instagram, it breaks up the the Instagram feed and it's like, oh, here's this bright color and it's kind of fun. So I like it. Okay, we'll be right back with uh, Andrea Tripp. All right, well, Andrew, Andrew, it's been great to have you on the show, and and, and best in the future. What, what's what's the what's the hot thing that the the true creatives working on right now? Uh, the hot thing that's melting all the snow. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, for the last three months, I've been working on this really cool project for this company that's a startup called Memory Stitch. They're located here in Omaha. They're fairly unknown, I'm assuming, uh, but soon to be one of the top t-shirt quilt companies, hopefully in the world. Are those so. are those is that does that mean that they make like quilts out of old t-shirts that you send them yeah so it's really cool because it's like uh you know having that tidying up kind of whole theme that's going on now lately and trying to clear out your closets and taking your old t-shirts so you can turn those into something that you'll use and cherish for years to come instead of just having that stuck in your closet and gathering dust or you're not sure what to do with them so or donating yeah and i'm assuming that this that business t-shirt quilt company sounds like you can you can combine that with your love of puns yes <laughs> like I'm assuming you can sell them on you could write all the copies some sort of puns yeah top uh, to bottom well to be fair when I got there they had the uh, a mission statement that had already been kind of been working called they said it was stitching together your stories so I was like, there's some playground here where they'll probably be a little bit more okay with me saying, like, here, we should use this pun for a headline. But I don't know. We'll see what my copywriter says. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why do copywriters hate puns all the time? Puns and exclamation marks. You have a limit. So. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what the vendetta is. Something. Something. Yeah. So I'll be announcing that fairly soon. So at the beginning of April is when we're going to be finishing that up and so it's a pretty exciting time just kind of nurture the growth of that company and be involved I feel like I'm part of the team so it's been kind of nice. And that was a rebrand project? Yeah cool. yeah so a total rebrand and so it's been a really great exercise walking them through my process kind of similar to those talks that I give on building a better brand and what I did for Flywheel so it's been fun to try to do that in real life again. Okay do you have a name for the process or is it just the Oh, a rebranding process. So oh, I didn't know uh, if, yeah. you, if you if you had branded your rebranding process yet. No, but that's a good idea. That's the next step. Something TM. You come <laughs> you come up with a process, then you can charge like twenty five percent more, and then you brand your process with a name, and then you charge like another twenty five percent more. I like the way you're thinking. I'm just making this on top of my head, but I think that's how it works. I mean, I'm okay with making more money, so yeah, <laughs> just kidding. But yeah, no, it's really And then, you, really and then you call it a process and say you're from Canada, and then you charge even more. A process. Yeah. My process. That's how it works. Those yeah. are the steps of making more cash. I'll keep that in mind. I have no, no, no basis for this. <laughs> well, but give, give it a try, I guess. We'll give it, yeah, yeah. Well, that way we're not starving artists. So. That's right. All right. Well, thank you much. It's truecreative.com. And um, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Thanks. 
The Reflex Blue Show with Donovan Meary is hosted at 36point.com. Music by Dust Lab.